Good morning, everybody. So we're, as we've mentioned, we're reading the parasha this week of Devarim, and we're continuing the conversation on Devarim. The, uh, as, as we mentioned also, Moshe Rabbeinu is uh, like, like our forefather, Yaakov Avinu, who before his death, he gave B'nai Israel, he gave his children constructive criticism and rebuke. Moshe Rabbeinu also waiting until the, the, the end in order to, to do the same. And it's interesting that he begins what's going to be a level of criticism with a beautiful, beautiful blessing. He says, Adonai Elohechem hirba etchem. Hashem, your God, has multiplied you. And he has made you today as numerous as the stars in the sky. And then he continues, Adonai Elohechem. May Hashem, the God of your ancestors, Yosef Alechem Kachem Elef Pe'amim, may He increase your numbers a thousandfold. And may He bless you as He promised you. So there are many of the Mephashim asked a question on why we compare Ben Israel to stars. <coughs> Remember, there was 600,000. When they left Egypt, and 40 years later, they're still the same 600,000. So they really haven't increased at all. Also, one could say, uh, to bless you, you should ha- be a thousand times more than you are. Uh, why are you limiting it? Uh, even though the Mephashim say, well, that's Moshe's blessing, is they should be a thousand. Hashem should make them, them infinite to what they are. There's also difficulty in... Why Ben Israel compared here to the stars in the heavens? We also see this in Bereshit, we're compared to the stars in the heaven. And uh, if we, we realize, I mean, I remember when we were kids, we imagined that there weren't so many stars. And uh, when, we, when we heard the Pasuk that talked about them being compared to the stars in the heaven and the sand on the shore, we said, wow, there's so much sand, there's not so many stars. And I, I remember how the rabbis explained uh, the answer there. But the reality that we know today is that there are probably more stars than there are sand on this planet. So how can we compare 600,000 people, even 6 million, 60 million people? Uh, I don't know if we've ever come close. I don't know what the most population of the Jews in this world ever was. <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's difficult to, to compare us to the stars in the heaven if we're comparing to us, to us with, uh, with numbers. Also, it's difficult even to compare us numerically compared to the rest of the population of the earth. I, I mean, even today, the world's population is seven, close to eight, mil, eight billion people. And what do we account for? Less than two-tenths of a one percent? You know, you try to imagine, what does that mean? If there's 500 people in, a, in an auditorium, in a theater, one of them, one, one out of 500 would be a Jew. We're, we're, we're so small in compared to the, the numbers of people in the world. And I always think about the halakha. It says that, you know, one in 60 is nullified. I think there was a story of a, of a, of a goy who came to the... To one of the rabbis and said, you know, why do you think you're so special? You even hold one in 60 is nullified. If we spill, for example, a little bit of milk into a, a pot of chicken, 
uh, soup, then uh, as long as it's less than 1 60th, we nullify the milk. We're not just 1 60th, 1 500th. Uh, we should be nullified. But then there's also a halakha that anything that stands on its own and is recognized as such can never be nullified. And that's, I think, B'nai Israel. We could never be nullified. To try to begin to understand this comparison, the Kliyakar explains that sometimes when compared to the stars and sometimes we're compared to the sand of the shore on the sea. He says, in times of tranquility and success, Hashem compares B'nai Israel to the stars. This is an expression of greatness, as Rashi explains in this week's parasha. And the comparison of the sand indicates the time when nations rise up against and destroy B'nai Israel, but B'nai Israel cannot be defeated. It's like waves that go up as if they wanted to flood the world, but immediately when they reach the sand, they're broken. So too are the nations of the world. Rabbeinu Bachya, he takes a Midrashic approach. This is based on what we have here in Devarim. And he says that the encampment of the Jewish people are similar to what Hashem showed Abraham Avinu when he showed him the zodiac signs in the heavens. The zodiac signs surrounded the Shekhinah. Similarly, the flag of Bnei Israel three tribes on each side, also is perceived with the Shekhinah in the center of the camp. That's the Mishkan. So Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, just as the zodiac signs surround me and I'm in the center, so Bnei Israel will multiply and encamp according to their flags, while my presence will dwell in the center of the camp. I imagine if you ask the average person how many Jewish people on the, are in the world. Ask the average person who has no idea about population. And they may tell you based on all that they hear about the Jews, the Jews this, the Jews that, front page all the time, in the news all the time, they may tell you that the Jews out of 7, 8 billion people, maybe there's a half a billion Jews in the world. And it wouldn't be so strange to hear such an answer. You know, we're in every profession, we're at the top of every profession, academics, law, entertainment, medicine, government. You can understand why people say that, uh, that the Jews control the world, you know, and people would imagine there's got to be lots of Jews somewhere to have all these Jews. If they really understood how few we were, it's, it's, it's incredible. <clears throat> You know, we think Mark Twain, who wasn't a great fan of the Jews, said no matter their small number, their greatness is, is incredible. I was having dinner with a friend. Uh, we were having dinner, Chantel and I, with friends on Friday night. And it was mentioned at the table, look, look at the news, how Jews are always at the center of the news. You have Vladimir Zelensky, he's Jewish. You have... Uh, Prigozhin, the guy uh, with the Wagner group, his, for sure his father and his stepfather are both Jewish. I don't know about his mother. But so many people involved with Putin on both sides. You have Roman Abramovich, who's not only Jewish, he's an Israeli citizen, and they were holding him to, to try to negotiate. You have so many Jews involved in every aspect of, of, of everyday life. And the reality is, I think we're compared to stars because we shine like the stars, especially when there's no sun. 
we shine like the stars. For me, though, the most interesting comment came from Rabbi Horowitz in Shneiduchot Habrit. And he said there, quoting these Pesukim, he says, why is it necessary for Moshe Rabbeinu to first say that we are you're, you're like the stars in the heaven as if for numeric, numerous as the stars in the heaven. And then he continues with a blessing. God, the God of your fathers, he should increase you a thousand times. A second blessing. And he should bless you as he promised you. And he explains that the very fact that Moshe Rabbeinu uses this portion to bless B'nai Israel, it comes to teach us that blessing is a great mitzvah. It goes further. Moshe blessed Hashem for having blessed B'nai Israel this far. If someone were to praise his friend's qualities without at the same time acknowledging the source of his friend's good fortune by adding a blessing... Says the Shnei Luchot he would be punished. He, he says, the friend will suffer damage on account of the failure of the friend who admires him, acknowledging Hashem as the source of good fortune. That's an unbelievable thing he's saying. If you, if you tell someone the good fortune and you don't acknowledge that it's Hashem who gives the good fortune, he says, not only is it not a blessing, he says, in a way, it's a curse. And I think we can think of it as Ayin Hara. You know, anytime you mention someone or what they have, you're bringing judgment. You're opening the book on that person. But then he goes and he says that, that if he does bless the friend in question, he himself also will be blessed on that account. And he says it's essential to pronounce such a blessing with a generous heart. And not just by reluctantly going through the motions. Of, you have to really mean it. When one pronounces a blessing for Hashem, one most certainly has to do it with a generous and well-meaning intention. Hashem expects us to be full of love. This is why the Torah commands us, You should love Hashem with all of your heart. This is based on the Zohar, he says. So when we tell someone that they have wonderful children, they live in a beautiful house. We can't stop the compliment there. We have to continue and acknowledge Hashem. We have, a, we have to add a blessing to the statement. My father, Allah Shalom, he always did this. And I always thought, you know, this was based on Ayin Hara. Like some people will say, you have beautiful children, poo poo poo. Poo poo poo, I'm not sure who they're spitting at and what they're trying to say. But. It's, it's a good way to push it away from the Ayin Haras. People say, Beli Ayin Hara, Fin Ladu, or some other statement. But much better than to say that is to say, is to say something better based on what we learn from this week's parasha. So when I thought my father was doing it against Ayin Hara, really, he was doing it because this, what he did was Torah Moshe Messinai. And I think I try to emulate this. And the way to do it is this. You tell someone you have beautiful children. And you could continue from that statement. You have beautiful children. Baruch Hashem. That he blessed you with such children. 
Ken Yirbu, that they should increase in their merits and they should bring you tremendous nachat in your life. So what are you doing? You're acknowledging that the person has something. You're giving him a compliment. But you're not ending with the compliment. You're saying the compliment, the source of the compliment. Yes, it may be you, the parents. You did a beautiful job with your children. But the source of everything is Hashem. We have to acknowledge Hashem. And then what do you do? You don't stop there. You add a blessing on top of what you're saying. Not one, but two. Two blessings. And those blessings should bring blessings not only to you, not only to the children, not only to your friend, to all Klal Yisrael. I think this is a beautiful practice for us to take on, especially now as we are going into Shavua Shechalbo. We say that the Mikdash was destroyed by baseless hatred. Let us learn to develop our Ahavat Chinam, total and complete love for each other, so that when we give a compliment, we praise Hashem and we add blessings. And Mizrat Hashem, Hashem will make all those blessings come true. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.